Today is going to be one of the most honest, open, and real conversations about marriage and money, without a doubt. It is a very important conversation. The day you say, I do, to their finances. We're going to get to no dumb questions, what happens to a person's debt after they pass away, and in our A Seat at the Kids Table segment, we'll talk about passive income, how to teach your kids about passive income. All of that today on Seven Figures, Smart Money Strategies for Women. Thank you so much for making time to listen. If you could do me a favor and just click subscribe and leave us a rating and review, that would be awesome. I would so appreciate that. I always feel very awkward asking, but that's what they tell me. Say it in the beginning. Okay, so I just said it. Thank you, by the way, if you do. All right, today's episode might sound a little different because I invited a couple in, and I think I want to do this more often because we had so much fun. It, and this is something uh, that I think a lot of people can relate to, right? It's a struggle. The minute you walk down the aisle, you marry somebody, and then you're like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Your money story is a lot different than mine. Your perspective on money is different than mine. And now how are we supposed to agree? So Steve and Christy from the It Goes Both Ways podcast joins us today. Steve, if you've lived in Rochester, you know him as Carson. He did morning radio with me forever ago. If you live in Minnesota, then you know him from morning radio as Steve-O. Him and his wife are hysterical. Their podcast is hysterical. I invited them on the show because I knew they would be brutally honest with the things that they're doing right with their money and the money mistakes that they've made. And maybe we can learn from that. But before we get to Stephen Christie and what Steve revealed in the middle of the interview that uh, made Christie think it was a, um, a therapy session. <laughs> before we get to them, let's start the show with no dumb questions. Okay, it is time for no dumb questions because there never, ever, ever is a dumb question out there. If you're not sure or certain about something, then ask. So our CFP is here with us, Erica Cummings from the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. How are you, Erica? Great. How are you? First off, congratulations on your new podcast. Yes, a strong woman for strong women. First uh, first episode just came out and we will be airing two every month. So women out there, please, please tune in any of the channels that you normally listen to podcasts on. Awesome, awesome. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you very much. All right, so now let's get a little morbid here. Yeah. <laughs> it's un- uncomfortable, awkward, whatever it is to ask this question, but it is a question that a lot of people don't know the answer to. So after a person passes away, what does happen to their debt? As a general rule, any debt that's in your name only, that's key. So is it in your name only gets paid by your estate after you die. So you die and simply all the assets that you owned at the time of your death, whether it's bank accounts, cars, homes, your possessions, whoever is in charge of taking care of your estate, so the executor of your estate, they have to put a valuation on all of those assets and then you have your estate has a value. So let's say your estate is worth 200,000 when they take into account all of your assets and you owe 100,000, so there might be an outstanding mortgage or a car loan, that has to get paid out of the estate before any of the money is then distributed to your heirs. So what so, happens if, so how do, okay, so let's say I have a house and a car. Who goes about selling that and then paying off the bill? Is so that is all dependent upon the executor. So okay. that's the person that you entrust in order to take care of your estate. So oftentimes with a couple, it's their spouse. And then as you get older, or if you are single, it would be either a brother or sister or somebody that you trust that's going to be able to go about taking care of all this. Obviously, you want to have conversations with people beforehand, as you mentioned, not exactly something you want to talk about maybe at the holidays. It's but a serious it, yeah. conversation, especially if, if you really want to make sure things go well. Well, how about um, if you have more debt than, than what your estate is valued at? So here's what's really important. I mentioned uh, a minute ago that if it's in your name only. Hmm. So some of the things we need to be careful of is can a loved one inherit your debt? So let's say there isn't enough money to pay everything off. This is when co-signing comes into 
an, an issue. So let's say that you are a co-signer on something, then that person, you're liable for that person's debt too. Or let's say you have something joint with somebody. So it really depends on whose debt it is. And obviously, if, if you are in a situation where you are all by yourself, all the debt is yours, and you don't have enough, which a lot of people, let's say you're starting out in life, and hopefully, God forbid, something happens to you when you're young, but you purchase a home by yourself, you have a car, you most likely have more debt than you do assets. In that case, the, the house would just be sold and... You, that would be the end of it. If there's um, if there's debt left over, it doesn't fall on your parents' shoulders. It doesn't fall unless they co-signed things for you. So if they were the co-signer on your car, they are responsible for that debt. I if heard co-signed on your mortgage, things like that. Um, depending on the type of student loans that you have, Parent Plus loans. Doesn't matter if the student dies, they still are responsible for that. If there's enough in the estate to cover the student loan, then that's fine. But uh, yeah, that's these are these are situations where you just want to be careful. Um, if there's a joint account holder on your credit card, that person's responsible for keeping up with the payments. So you just want to make sure that you know exactly what you're going to be responsible for if someone else passes away as well. So if if you're a single person and you're all on your own and, and you have a nice big debt payment at the end of your death, no one's responsible. But as you get older, you typically, your name is attached to several other things. So you just want to make sure that you know how that works. Is there any situations that you have seen kind of like a, a warning of couples when one spouse passes? There are certain things that, especially if you can establish, and this is something we reinforce all the time, is that it's so important that you, when you enter into a relationship with somebody, we don't want to have it, everybody wants it to be, we speak from our heart and not from our brains and so on and so forth, but really you want to know who you're marrying. You want to know what you're marrying. You want to know what you're taking on. So uh, I've have seen situations, not so much with somebody passing, but with somebody not knowing someone's credit history or the bills that have been lurking in their background, they get married, they file their first tax return. They don't get their tax return back. They don't get their refund back because Bob had a student loan that he hasn't paid on in years. And finally, there is a refund. And even though it was Sally who, who earned that income in order to get that refund, because you're filing a joint tax return, they're mm. now going to take that. So there are ways that you can, it's funny what they call it. They call it an injured spouse. So if you are an injured spouse, so you've been injured by someone else's financial activity, there are some ways that you can, you can at least appeal for a grievance in that case uh they don't want to put somebody completely out okay but i've also seen situations where the bank says well if you don't earn enough to pay for this house so it may not be that they want to kick you out but if your spouse's income was part of what was helping to pay that mortgage you are most likely going to have to refinance it you may not be able to stay in that home wow Okay. That's why life insurance is huge too. Yeah. All right, Erica, how can we reach out to you and uh, find you and follow you? You can uh, reach us on our website at harmonyfinancialwellness.com. Also, our podcast episodes will be posting to the page. So all you ladies out there, please go there. That's kind of the hub for most of our information. You can email me, erica.cummings at rbc.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. As open and honest as it gets. Steve and Christy, talk marriage and money. Next. Okay, can I point this out? Let's talk about the Seven Figure Podcast. You know how the Seven Figure Podcast all started? Take, Sandy, take your right hand and point it up. <laughs> yes! <laughs> that is, does Christy know the, the history? This. My husband played, Danger played competitions like, you know, predict what song is going to be number one, whatever. It was just a fun radio game they would all play. I remember and that. He won. And that is the reason why we're married. Because he, Because he, okay. Because, yes. Because <laughs> 
He paid off his debt because I was not going to marry him until his debt was clean. He paid off his debt and bought the ring. Yep. Nice. It was either that or a BMW. So he kept the picture of the BMW and took the cash. (laughs) Yeah. Smart smart guy. I wish I could have a seven-figure podcast. Maybe if I won multiple times (laughs) a large sum of money like that. That's the Uh, reason. If it wasn't for that, we would be married. Okay, so I listened to one of your podcasts, and I I listened to. I love. I just adore you guys. But the one thing, Christy, in the podcast you said, I'm like, they totally have to come on. You guys were talking about money. Well, first you were talking about how you were laid off, Steve, Mm -hmm. and then you were talking about the whole money aspect of it. And then typical, what happens, I think in so many relationships, so many of us feel the same way. You're like, well, it bores me. It intimidates me. It overwhelms me. But yet I know it's something I should be more engaged with. Absolutely. It's, um, that's always been Steve's kind of job, if you will, in our relationship is the, the finance guy. Mm. It just, it, it gives me anxiety yeah. to like even think about it, talk about it, whatever. Um, I, I know that it's a very important thing in life, but it just, it causes a reaction. And my I know. feeling is, I told her this last night when we were talking about being on your podcast, thanks for having us, Sandy. <laughs> um, this is really going to open up a lot of wounds. I'm like, well, <laughs> like we have like, I think we have like, you know, manageable debt that we like pay down. We don't have like, you know, some crazy like college debt. We don't right. have like some kind of like house or like a sweet car or <laughs> we definitely we don't. don't have some cool things that we're like, oh, like like when you see it on TV with Susie Orman and she's like, we're fifty thousand dollars in debt. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, we have like uh, we have debt that like we refinance for like home improvements and then we paid some off. Yep. And then yeah. we have like the credit card debt where we kind of like let it roll because I've been told multiple things where it's like you need to have some to keep your credit score high enough, but then you don't want to pay it all off at the same time. So again, I feel like my biggest thing with it is there are so many different options and so many different decisions to make. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And also, I stopped caring after a little while. (laughs) Oh, well, that's good to hear. How about that, Christy? Awesome. I wonder what our savings account looks like. Well, you know what though? There's, there's, I can't believe you just said that. There's so much information. You're not sure which way to go, who to believe. And I kind of feel like Christy, between you and me, it's okay for us to say, Hey, listen, I got too much to do. I'm trying to take care of the kids and the schedule. I don't got time. That's right. For, well, it is, but for a guy, do you admit, Steve, that it's almost like, and I feel for you guys, because it's almost like you guys are expected to know or okay. to right. love it. You're right. We're supposed to know, kind of like I'm the hunter-gatherer in the family. We all know that. All Which right? is I'm so archaic, but yeah. It is. Yeah, but I'm out there with a spear taking out elk, all right? <laughs> but instead of an elk, I'm taking down a Fortune 500 company, okay? <laughs> With that said, in all honesty, I call BS and shenanigans because you are the one, Sandy, oh, well, that yeah. is more into right. Are you joking me? Uh, no, absolutely. I am the one. Yeah. My husband has no clue. It is no in clue. your DNA. And honestly, when I married Christy, I, because growing up and being in an impressionable time in my life, like you were a sisterly uh, figure and your husband was a fatherly brotherly type figure. I just kind of assumed that Christy would take over that. I was like, Sandy's <gasps> Italian. Oh, Christy's that's, Italian. That's what he thought. He's like, that's what Italian women do is I, they just, they oh, manage the money. I thought because I, I was going to boss him around I, and I, I'm like, not it. I don't know if you guys <laughs> do, but didn't you for a long time, like have like a joint account and then you had your own accounts. Okay. I was going to ask you guys how you do it. We don't so, do that. It's so I don't get that, hookers. Oh, it's not my podcast. I don't care. What? <laughs> Such oh an God. ass. Do you real? Okay. So did you ever, <laughs> did you ever have a joint? Wait, did you ever have separate accounts and then a joint when, or has it always been? 
joint. No, it, it was separate up until when we got married. So yep. we were together for five plus years before we got married. That was one of the hardest things when we did that union, mm -hmm. um, that merging of the things. I, I It was like the last bit of independence was sucked out yeah. of me. I'm like, <laughs> ah. Um, I don't remember doing it. Maybe I have mattress money somewhere. She does. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm sure you do. See, You're a good Italian old, girl. Yeah, she's got old Italian because we've talked about it before. When we first moved here, there was someone at the bank that said to me, people thought that she put significant amounts of money like in a coffee can or in, you know, packed in meat or something like that. And no, it was like, you know, $200, $300 that, you know, I think at least that's what I was told. But um, yeah, but she, she's always been someone that's more like cash based where no. I'm more someone that's been more like, it'll figure itself out based. Yeah. Okay, so first, did you grow up, Christy, with somebody in your family teaching you about money or where did you pick up the influences of that? Yep, that was 100% my mom. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, and then even my grandma, um, just my mom still to this day, she will, her checkbook and her ledger, she will not do away with that. Like the online banking and all that stuff. She's like, I don't want to, I want, she writes down every single thing. She'll go to the gas station and buy a stick of gum. She'll write that down on oh, an envelope. Your mom is. She carries around money envelopes that are like designated for different things. Like this That's is awesome. Her, groceries this is for yeah. you know whatever eating out and she writes down everything and that kind of ocd if you will transferred to me um and then this one <laughs> he ruined it all <laughs> he really did he well, really did i do like i think that something that is a benefit that has happened in our society is automation the idea that you can automate your bills let it happen you know that you're going to have to pay your power bill you know you're gonna have to pay your mortgage you know you're having yeah, to pay your car yeah. payment you know what i mean it, uh, maybe that's uh this is a bad way to look at it but the less i have to make in choice in terms of decisions i know the better we were are going to be well that's like, what they say automate as much as you can um yeah. but i mean i don't know i think people will because that's our thing with uh, can, I, can i say this is my thing about medical bills for example medical bills they're different every year they're different every time You'll get a medical bill, especially at the beginning of the year, because we had high interest or high deductible high deductible plan. plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's like three grand before they really start giving you anything. So we get hosed. So I'm not going to pay a seven hundred dollar dental bill, for example, or whatever it is, in just one shot. But that's where I start myself getting into trouble. Where it's like. I call the the medical place and I'm like, can I set up a payment plan for like over three months so I can just pay this off instead of paying the whole mm -hmm. $700 before I have the money? And if they if they go to me, oh, I can do one and then you need to call us back in 30 days, there's a good chance I won't call back for 60 days. <laughs> I know you well enough. You will not call back in 60 days. Because part of me is like, okay. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. Do you ask you for something simple. Hold on a second. Well, okay. So I was going to say, do you have a health savings account? This is just a side tangent. We do, did. We, we did when, when we were employed. <laughs> okay. So now let's transition to that point. So you okay. just were laid off. How many months has it been now? Three. And it's because of COVID. So, so many people are right there with you guys. Um, what was it like that day? Because a lot of people have been going through it too. How did you find out? What was that first reaction? Because you were in radio for decades. I mean, this yeah. was, you were, you were so talented. You were so decades. Yeah. Well, I, I decades. Was, I was it, so, it was. I was so talented. Am I dead? Steve you forgets were, how old he, Steve forgets how old he actually dude, is. I'm not even a millennial. Like, okay. Steve, you're turning 40 this year. You no. can actually say you've done something no. for you decades. Know your husband, when decades. your husband turned, decades. you know that when your husband, Christopher, Michael, whatever we're calling him today. <laughs> Um, when he turned 30, I remember thinking, God, that's fucking old. I know. Please, when I first started radio in 18, Scott, who I work with, I was like, oh, God, when's he retiring? He was about 30. <laughs> I, I will say, Scott, though, he doesn't look a lot different. Right. Either do you. Right. Exactly. Um, well, anyhow. Anyhow, let's you. let's get let's get to that day. I know we're not going to stay here long because I know it's uncomfortable, but a lot of that's people are going through it. It was fun the first day, to be honest with you. It was the day before the election. 
Um, I got a call from my boss because I was on vacation that week. It was the week after Halloween. The, I took it off. the week you were on vacation, they did it? Yeah, well, they did it across the company. And my boss, who I will say nothing but positive things about him over this especially. Yeah. Um, so he found out on that day, that morning, yeah. they called him and they said, we're laying people off. Your staff is affected. You need to come, you know. He, so he got there um, and uh, they said, we need you to have Steve come in. And he's like, I'm not having Steve come in. Wait, so you want me to have Steve drive 20 minutes or half an hour into work? Pretty much knowing why, <laughs> me to lay him off Aww. and then send him home. So he called me. I was at Home Depot picking up a storage container. And he's like, are you with your family? And right then when he called me and then when he said, are you with your family? I'm like, oh, so this is how it happens. Because I'll freely admit a little bit of me have always always wondered what it would be like to get fired or laid off. I've never had any of those happen. Well, that's weird. <laughs> okay, I am a dark person. Okay, I have lots of demons. <laughs> ask Chris. So okay? how did it, how did it, because right now you just, just just describing that story, I get like little butterflies in my yeah. stomach. So I got into the truck, I was sitting there and he goes, and he started reading the script and it was a uh, reduction in force, they call it. They're moving assets, blah, 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 blah. So then I, the only thing I really asked him was, am I being fired? And he goes, no, you are not being fired. You're being laid off. Because I guess that's a huge difference when it comes right. to all the other kind of yeah. stuff, yeah. unemployment. So, um, and then I hung up and I sat there for a second and I go, huh, this is weird. <laughs> and I called my wife. Oh, you did? Okay, I was gonna ask you I how long it took. Christy. In the car. Wait a minute. You didn't even tell her person person to person. You face No, because her? I still had to go do other shopping and stuff like that. Um You were gone for probably six hours. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. I went to the bar. I think I would have stopped. Yeah, okay. I don't think I would have finished up my errands. I think oh I no, I finished my errands. He did. He went grocery shopping. But then I it took me a long time to go grocery shopping and go through Home Depot because I basically posted it on Instagram right afterwards because I was like, ah, this is fun. Like, this is what you do. This is like silly. And me looking for attention too, because. The last yes. time you're grocery shopping with a paycheck. Yes, the last time I'd be grocery shopping with a paycheck. So then I, um, I did that and it was the day before the election and obviously you could vote early. So my friend Kevin came and picked me up and I went and I voted at the fire department after shopping it took four hours because i was texting people and my phone was blowing up and da da da, da. oh my and god and then uh after that we went to the bar i stole a shot glass and put my i voted sticker on it and i've kept that shot glass since the day i got let go and i'm not sure if that's a bad thing or a good thing <laughs> like if it has j bad juju on it i well, don't get it out <laughs> i don't i thought about last night honestly last night i looked at it because it's in our kitchen. I it's was like, sitting on the kitchen, like the windowsill. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I stole this shot glass from the bar and I put, I voted on it, the sticker. Right. I'm like, should I get rid of this? Is this bad? Or is this like a badge of honor? So the first day or two, I was like, this is bad. This is a thing. I'm getting a severance. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I told my wife this, my old coworker, Lena told me, she's like, if you want someone to vent and get mad or depressed or cry, then let me know. And I said, I don't feel that way. And you, it are you sure you didn't or because you were a man, you're not supposed to? At that moment, I did not feel that way. Hmm. I think he was in shock, honestly. It, it took a while for it to really sink in and be like, oh, no. Yeah. How also, did you react, Christy? What was your first thought? Um, I, I cried. I was scared. I mean, my first reaction was fear because I'm not working. I got let go last March. Um, from my job because of COVID. And then I've been home with the kids. They've been distance learning ever since last year. Um, so yeah, it was definitely, I was yeah. terrified. I would react like you did. Yeah. I didn't what? know like how well we are set up, how long can we live without, you know, I didn't know what his severance package was going to be like. And I didn't know how, you know, he had been managing our money behind this, <laughs> you know, behind the curtain. Like, do we have anything to live off of? Well, I have, have no idea. Well, the good news is we have a lot of money in Bitcoin. <laughs> um, For some reason, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're the dude who lost the password. Now that I would believe that is you. <laughs> Okay, I've entered okay. it five times and I know I'm going to figure it out. It's just, 
it's about it's just figuring out that number the numbers so what would you now looking back reflecting because there are still people who are going through i mean there's still downsizing happening there's still the right. effects of covid happening to small businesses and whatnot the woulda coulda shoulda what advice would you give somebody when it when it comes to the the money or just how you guys managed it is there anything in particular that you would give advice about you go first. Um, I think one of one of our biggest faults as a couple is we we never got used to openly discussing money. Mm. Um, I mean, I stated earlier what an anxious subject that is for me to talk about. And so when he said that he would take it on, I'm sort of like putting blinders on, like, okay, I trust you to do what you have to do and what's right for our family. Um, but that is very archaic way of thinking. And we do need to have an open dialogue as far as like when things like this happen, yeah. um, you never, you never see it coming. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting here terrified, not knowing if we're going to be able to pay our mortgage or put food on the table or whatever. Um, so I would suggest having that open dialogue. It's a safe thing to talk about if you trust your partner um, and just doing that from day one. Now, have you changed that? Has this really oh changed God. that? Not, not, not you're probably making us have to do something. That yeah, we're, we're going to have a long chat after this. So, you know, I feel like we're in a therapy session right it's now. Couples, it's okay. couples therapy. Aren't you happy? Steve, lay down. Uh, aren't you happy that this is how we're spending our day? This oh, is great. so important, though. No. I talked, oh my gosh, Christy. Now I'm just talking to Christy for a second. I just interviewed this woman. She was so wonderful. She moved here from Ecuador. So her husband stayed back to, you know, think they had a business there, closed things down, whatever. She came first a year after he died in a car accident. Like, oh. She's like, what the hell? I'm in this foreign country. I really don't know what I'm doing. All the wow. finances are on me. Uh, and now she is a financial educator. So her wow. mission now in life is to help people navigate that through is this. incredible right, what a great ask, story let me ask you then what christy wants to do if you think it's a good idea all right christy wants to sell everything yeah i'm not and move to an island and or someplace that has low shady a shade low shady government and very little <laughs> property no. or estate tax that last part is absolutely false that is fake news um uh, come visit us oh my god I have considered <laughs> selling, selling the farm as they say, and just living, living the simple life on a beach somewhere. I mean, we live in a good school district. I'm already homeschooling online. Uh, I can do it from a beach, right? You can sell the house off. Um, yeah, go. <laughs> She's looking at us like we're crazy. You're not, hey, why not? But you're not, you're not going to get to that point. You guys are going to be fine. I mean, please, you hustle. You're already into onto your new podcast. You're already uh, you got sponsors. Guys, what? Watch out, because yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you already if it's okay if we put this interview on our podcast. It goes both ways, channel. But oh. um, because big news we have coming down the pike. Yeah. The pipe, probably I think it's the pipe, Steve. The we pipe. say the pipe because <laughs> we have an endorsement with Tushy coming up. Who's Tushy? Ooh, get tushy. that bidet, get that bidet ready, it's girl. Stop it. Paisan. Paisan. It's gonna be good. My butt is never gonna be 2021 gonna be is the year of the clean tush. Hey, can I include this in my podcast episode? <laughs> um, this question. You ready? Because I'm not gonna edit anything out where I know you'll okay. edit around this. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I won't. Okay, what? here's my financial question to you. Ooh. Okay. You guys, you and your husband, you still have separate or no. joint? No. You're all one now? Well, this okay. So we started just quick. This quick story started off with our own accounts and then the joint account. Yeah, he freaking ran out of money in his account. Oh, uh, honey, I got to buy dad a gift and I don't have money. I'm like, are you serious? All right, fine. So now it's all, all one account. But okay, okay continue. So because to that point, A, I was going to point out something that we've done to communicate is, so when, when I get paid, it obviously goes into my checking account. And I used to, a uh, lesson that I, uh, again, I didn't know, no one told me. Well, so like, yeah. you, you have money in your checking account, things happen, you go through the, the, the month, whatever, and it would go like overdraft, and instead it would like come out of my credit card. So that's where 
the only loan that we've ever had to take out is because I would get like the overdraft and the credit card would cover it. And I'd be like, okay, but I didn't know during this process that there's some bull BS fee that comes with it. Well, and yeah. And you think they're going to just do that for free? Right? <laughs> I have a credit card that I'm paying off with them. I thought that was part of it. I so, know. I See, this is where financial education needs to be in schools yeah. more it than just needs to be yes. in school. And, and, yes. And so with that said, now we have a thing where I put money into the checking account and I have it. So if it's going to be like overdraft, like something happens, do you know what I mean? It's going to go yeah. over. It just stops it. I'd rather get a text now saying, hey, you need to move the money because that I put all the money in our savings and it's like a wall that I have between. So then I know if we're going over or if our bills are high or if something shiesty is happening with our debit account, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I yeah. know because I'd rather get, there was a thing a couple weeks ago by what she had to pay off a, a bill that she was at and they said, oh, it's declined. And I'm like, yeah, because we have all the money in our savings account and I basically use it almost as an envelope now. Now, I'm not sure you might have listeners call in and say that's a bad idea to do. But for me, it's a little bit of peace of mind because then I know where we stand. Because the other thing is I don't want to look at the checking account every single day. You have to. I don't want to. Well, you should. Don't want to. Especially because Christy's trusting you. You got to look through. And I hope you're combing through that credit card statement because you got to make sure. Okay. I do. So here's my question for you though. Yeah. What was tougher in your relationship having to deal with him and his financial issues or <laughs> him having to deal with your anger when people hit your car and you key a car like how many cars have you keyed Steve, in your life it was the young me and i had just fixed the how car how many times have you done it you. I've only keyed the uh, one car when I was young. The dude parked way too close to my bumper. Just got the bumper fixed. I was upset. Tire? He had a he had it coming. What about the tire? Didn't you do something with the tire once? No. Steve likes to create his own narrative. For I'm, me. Okay. That's fine. Because That's if I'm going to share this on my <clears throat> that was podcast, young. I want to make sure I get the good Sandy stories. There's plenty of them. <laughs> Statue of limitations with what's it called? Where yeah, exactly? Just, yeah, you didn't murder anybody. You're fine. It was it was young. <laughs> it was young when I was you know, yeah, I was a little bit. You were crazy. 28, 29. I was no, I must have been younger than that. I was in my 20s, early. 20s. Well, yeah, she's only yeah, you're in your 20s. she's only 30 now, Steve. Yeah, how Come old on, are you Thank now? You. Are you are you 41? Steve, I'm gonna are be- you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember. I'm 40 something and I'll say the age and then my kids correct me. I think I'm 45 ish. Do your kids do that too? Absolutely. I I think it's like once you hit over like 41, it's all just mushy. Yeah. And I'm like, I literally had to stop. I'm like, am I 44 this year or 43? (laughs) I have no idea. I was, I was in conversation with somebody and somebody asked me, I don't know why it came up, but I said my age and my daughter's like, ahem. No, you're not. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Christy and you went to school in the 1900s, okay? I finished in the 2000s. <laughs> yep. Anyhow. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, um, what else know, you got? We are we are <laughs> financially a disaster. We're financially no, Okay. We are not. your worst case scenario. I mean, I'm hoping that social security social security is a thing or uh, here's the other thing. Here's my question for you. You like money. You like talking about money. Well, I like the I like the peace of mind it right. gives you. Okay. Right. Listen, I am totally like Christy. I'd rather someone else do this, but I know that my husband, I mean, he nobody taught him gonna... how. And my right. dad is like, he's still on me today. I remember the day it was this was a handful of years ago now. It was Christmas Eve, and I thought he was calling me. It was like early in the morning. I was about to jump in the shower. I thought he was calling me to say, Hey, can't wait to see you guys tonight. Merry Christmas. He calls, doesn't even say hi. He goes, uh, <clears throat> You should have more saved in your account than you have. I see here that that kitchen renovation really set you back. I'm wait, like, does, Dad. Wait, does he have access How does he to your- know that? He totally has access to uh, of, of all our accounts. What? Wow. Okay. Why, is that weird to you guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's financially sound and we aren't. So why is that weird? Then? Well, listen, he knows what he's doing. I know Gaetano does. But, he's awesome but because that yes. right there 
that explains, I take back everything I said about respecting you and your financial choices. Your daddy's doing it for you, okay? I will check in with him to make sure I'm doing things right. Absolutely. But like, and how awesome is my husband that he'll just be like, okay. Right. We, Hell yeah. That his father-in-law is like, you know, everything puppet master over the finances. Everything's an open book with wow. him. Well, that's good though. I mean, it's obviously done well. <laughs> Why are you judging me? What does that look on your face? Because honestly, that changes everything that I've ever thought of you ever. His because parents I, don't like him enough to do that for him. I don't. Because what if I your be, dad said? What if your dad said, "Hey, listen, I, I, I'm more wise. I've, I've been around yeah. the block a few more times. Give me your finances, and I will help you." Well, my would dad's you, not a financial planner. They would, they would push him out of the boat and say, "Go learn to swim." <laughs> Real? Oh yeah. I he has to. I. I think does we he all do that need with all your, does he do that with everybody? Yeah. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's done a good job. Look at all those plaques behind you. <laughs> I mean, look at that really fancy black kitchen set that you have dinette table. You have at that. that okay. Room. All right. I mean, all right. I mean, things are going well at the water's house. Wait a minute. But if what, what's the problem? If you're, everybody needs, right? Like your financial planner would do that. Exactly. It's an open it just happens to be planner. your dad. It happens See, to be dad. Cause right, he's super right. savvy in that. Exactly. Okay. Should we have a financial planner? Because here's my one thing about it. Yeah. It, it embarrasses me to talk about anyway. If you're doing really well, or if you're doing really, really poor. Like, well, I, I know a- money is embarrassing, but you shouldn't be. I mean, why? That's the most important thing. It gives okay. you peace of mind. Don't be embarrassed. Who cares? Okay. Money's the most important thing. What about family? Okay. But you will be a better and more present parent when you don't have the stress of money weighing on your shoulders. That's right, Christy. Get on it. Figure it out. Call Sandy and Sandy's dad can figure it out for us. <laughs> you so can ask are, is this a, <laughs> What? Is this like a timeshare where you're trying to get your dad to take over our finances? Because that'd be cool. Um, and I feel like he would hate me. Listen. Little by little, he's just teaching me and guiding me and I'm picking it up what he's teaching me. And yeah, what I don't okay. see what the big deal is. And if you want dad to look over your finances, he'd be more than happy to. Oh my God. He would be horrified. Yeah. My password is broke. <laughs> um, how, can I ask then, because you have two daughters that are lovely children. Yeah. What is like one or two things that you have taught them about money other than there's as much as you want when we go to shopping IRL. No, there's a budget. You know how I yeah. roll. I am very- It doesn't look like there's a budget. It, it looks like you just spent. I'm in the basement on a plastic card table with a cheapo tablecloth. I'm on a budget over here. Yeah, brand I, new. Look at that ring. Anyway, so what are the things you- should ask. Right? No. Uh, well, would you let me bounce it back to you. What no, do you not- teach the kids? Do you teach the kids about money? Can I ask, can I take this one? Because I, I know you're going to be shecky through it. Um, I mean, Olivia doesn't really, Olivia's Olivia. She doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. She's a I, socialist. I, <laughs> it, it is. And I love her for it. She is. Everything's going to be okay. There's unicorns. I'd rather. She's she thinks said, she thinks that smiles will you know pay your way in life, which is adorable. Does. And I love um, that about her. She'll figure it out later. But Isaac is our, you know, Isaac is our little money man. He has had oh, such a work you. ethic ever since he was old enough to, to yeah. do anything to earn it. So he would see some big fancy toy Lego set or whatever that he wanted. We're not the type of parents of, oh, here you go. Like, I want this. Okay, here you go. Oh. Well, That's I want you. this. Okay, well, what are you going to do to earn it? Yeah, like you don't get balls. something without. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Our money expert, Susan, would be so proud of you right now, Christy. Thanks. Um, so, I mean, two, it's been probably, what, three years in now. And if he wants something, then he'll go and he'll work for it. And that's extra chores around the house. Um, last fall, they were, him and some of his guy friends were raking our neighbor's Aww. yard for what money. Good so, kid. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, and he, he, likes, he likes to, to earn it, but he, the thing that we have to work on with him is the saving. He likes like, yeah. he'll get the pools of it. And then he wants to buy the big thing. And then it's all gone. And he's back down to zero again. And I'm like, man, maybe sit on it a little bit. But I don't know how to, but I will say, I don't know how to teach that because it's right. like, Hey, I want you to understand to save, which he'll, he'll have stuff to save, 
But well, then at the same time, right. he's not saving for something big. So this is what you need to do. And this is what I did with Lexi. So Lexi's 11. Isaac is how old? Um, he'll be 10. Oh my God. Okay. Share. So they're about the same. So yeah. Lexi's like that too, where she'll get money. She's so excited. It's like burning a hole in her hand. Yep. She cannot yeah. hold on to it. She wants to spend. Yep. So now I do the 80, 20 rule with her. You got to save 80% and you can Great. spend 20%. That's so awesome. we have, I opened up a, a checking account with her. Right. And now she has labeled the account like car fund so she's already saving for her car and then oh her short-term goal whatever that short-term goal is like she bought a dress that i would have never bought for her because i don't know where the hell she's gonna wear it. it's the most outrageous gorgeous cinderella dress i'm like where are oh, you going fun. with that but anyhow <laughs> yeah. okay if you pay for it so that was her little short-term goal and then once she achieves it she feels really good about herself like now she wears it every day over, you know in the house so yeah. maybe you should do that with isaac long-term goal yep. and even though he's only 11 i mean he's going to be loaded by the time he's 16 with he's going to buy a sweet ass car nicer than yours <laughs> nice probably firebird. he wants a tesla what about the old one <laughs> so do my kids uh, what about the older one leah well see now leah i've been <clears throat> i've been hounding her since she was 12 about save save for I a car save for, well now she's 16 and she doesn't have as much money as she could have had if she listened uh, to me so this was a lesson so now she's yep. on catch-up mode Oh, good so, though. Yeah. She got a job or anything like that? She's selling her little bath bombs, homemade bath oh. bombs. She gives a portion of charity and then oh, the other. Love that. Yeah. Then the other. What, what is that, that? Now, what does that look for? I feel like we're renaming this episode Judge Away. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I mean, you're very that, judgy, Bear. What's happening? You got Gaetano. Are you jealous? You. Yeah, I am jealous. I will no. say that I am jealous because I understand that you have a healthy relationship with this sort of things where my relationship with it is. Um, Awk uh, awkward, uh, different. Everybody uh, yeah. has it's that like, relationship. That's why I do like this podcast, Steve, because everybody. My relationship with money is like a poorly packed suitcase. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where anything is. I'm doing the best I can. If I dig long enough, I might find socks that match, but we're not necessarily sure if I will or not. That makes me feel really safe and secure. I feel like we all are think that you need to take on the the money, Christy. Ooh, I Christy? Think we, okay, yeah. Yeah. That, I think we did that. Good job. Here we go. Bye. <laughs> the password is broke. <laughs> you, what if you found out I had like millions in there and I you never probably told you about do. it. And you were a DJ. How would you have millions? That's true. If I had millions and I was hiding it, that would be quite the surprise for everyone then, then you had a real sweet side hustle yeah <laughs> oh. all right oh my gosh you guys have been so fun thank you for opening up yeah it's it's a tricky subject but thank you for Having starting us. the conversation <laughs> we're gonna avoid this it's gonna be real now. fun after we hang up <laughs> how um, liberating is it though which part Really, honestly, how liberating is it to be unleashed from the shackles of corporate America? You know, in a weird way, it's horrible. In a weird ways, it's very liberating. It's a very weird, it's very strange. Any way you look at it. Well, because you don't know what's, what's, next. Know what's next. I mean, I, I the mean, devil on the other side of the fence could be even exactly. worse. I mean, I've had um, uh, like options out there. You know, the, the thing is that like, um, like now we've kind of like found like a little bit of a groove, hopefully for like the next couple months. Um, and cause I have a severance and I'm trying to like look for jobs, but then, yeah, it's like uh, Christy even said this, it's like, do you want to be working in an office somewhere where you have to be quiet? And if can you, you picture saying, him working in a cubicle somewhere, like minding his P's uh -oh. and Q's, no. uh -oh. not yeah. a chance. It sounds but, horrible. Well, okay. So I want to ask you this because this generation now, like our kids are growing up in a generation where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, right? right. Like everybody yeah. has heard so many bad things about corporate America, probably yeah. from us, their parents, probably that they just want to be entrepreneurs. Now you're living both, right? You live the corporate world and now you're living the entrepreneurial world. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that you want to go down this avenue more like this path more of being an entrepreneur or do you, are you looking for that steady corporate job? I think I'm, look, I'm going to, 
I mean, the thing about the steady corporate job is the security, like the the health insurance, the 401k. You don't typically get that as a freelancer, like what we're doing right now. Well, I mean, and, but but I, they I think use that, and abuse your time. Yeah. They do it's, use and abuse yeah, your time. It's and a trade-off. <laughs> you're making someone else's dream come true. I exactly. Just, I'm realizing on this video podcast, my posture really is horrible. It is. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think I'm at this thing right now where, like you were saying, entrepreneur, I do not think that at all. I think that we're just trying to make it work right now. Uh, and I think that's the difference. I think that people that are going in saying, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I think some of them actually have a plan to it, but most of them are just because they just don't know what they're doing and they don't know what they uh, want to, what, what yeah, they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the things that I'm doing right now, I almost feel like it's, and, and maybe this is what an entrepreneur is. It's like, oh, this is what I, I, uh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what people are asking of me. This is the hole that I'm filling. There's a need. And I didn't realize that I was able to fill these needs, but you know, some of these projects that I'm doing that aren't the podcast and even with the podcast, you know, it'll either continue to grow or it'll be a fun experience. And then I'll go back to corporate America or not. Or do both keep doing both. Or, right. or do both. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that this is, that's part of like the one good thing about where I am right now and where we are right now is it's like our back isn't up against the wall. I'm not up in a corner or something like yeah, that. I'm yeah. not like, you know, one of those deals. Um, I'm also not like so passionate about something where I'm like finding, you know, some new lane. I'm just making it work. And maybe this will continue to do really well. Or maybe in a couple of months, I'm going to be like, this sucks. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't. And done you're going to, maybe you're going to want that security, but like maybe. Sandy said, maybe do both in that way yeah. you have the security of a corporate job, but you don't need to rely on it yeah. because you have, I yeah. feel like the more and more people are moving that way. Yeah. I don't know. I but you guys, I mean, I love your podcast. You guys are hysterical. It goes both ways. Thanks. This has been our financial therapy session. <laughs> this it one, has. This one's it, on it, me. It, it. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, thank well, thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you so much. Teaching your kids about passive income. Grab a chair. We're about to take a seat at the kids' table next. with uh, Susan Beecham, Money Savvy Generation. She's the founder of Money Savvy Generation. All right, let's ask the kids, what does it mean to have passive income? I have no idea. You didn't learn that in school? What is it? Passive income. No. What grade are you in? 11th. (laughs) Did you take any course, any classes at all in school about money? Yes. Well, they taught me about other things, but I know they taught me about income. Do you know what passive income is? Um, I think it means to have, like, not good income, or... Have you ever heard anyone say that before? No, I've heard passive-aggressive. Does that relate to it? What does it mean to have passive income? I don't know. Have you ever heard anybody say that before to you? No. Do you know what income is? No. Well... You know, I love this topic because when they're young, they're still listening to us Mm -hmm. and they may roll their eyes, but you will be surprised when all of a sudden something you've told them surfaces in a conversation and you think, well, I'll be darned. They were listening. And passive income has become more important today because of the many ways you can even in middle school and high school, create passive income. Well, that's why I was interested in the one girl who's in 11th grade. She learned about income in school. She took some finance classes, but they didn't touch the topic of passive income, which I thought was what, I mean, it's almost not trendy. I don't think that's the right word, but it's very common now. Well, it's common to that generation, but maybe not the generation that's teaching in the classroom. Mm, That's true. So to introduce this at home is a really good idea. And so let's talk about what passive income is. And don't get all tied up into uh, making sure they understand passive income. This is just a seed you're throwing out on the the soil and you're, you're hoping that one of them takes root at some point in the future. So passive income, what is it? Let's unpack it quickly. 
it's an upfront monetary investment or an upfront time investment. The, the myth is that passive income always requires something upfront, time or money. But the idea is that it becomes passive after you do the work. And that's what's alluring about it. So what do I mean? You spend six months writing a book and you enjoy the royalty income from your book for the rest of your life without any further work. I read a great story about a high school kid who liked photography. And if you enjoy photography, and today our kids have photography at their fingertips, you can submit your photos to a stock photo site and receive a commission every time someone purchases one of them. That's passive. You've done the work, you've handed it off, and you make money off of it. See the difference? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's upfront time investment, upfront monetary investment. That's like um, rental income. That's not something you're going to probably do with your kids right now. And that's not something they're going to do. They just need to understand that there's a difference between the upfront monetary investment, like buying a building and renting um, apartments out and upfront time investments, like self-publishing a book and putting it out there to be purchased and then just sitting back and waiting for people to purchase it and accrue that income. Yeah, yeah. But it is important to get their wheels turning about this, right? To recognize when they see passive income. Because there are so many ways now to make money, creative ways that these kids are, are finding that we never would even fathom could make us money. And, and they have more tools yeah. than we ever had. And so, incur again, conversation, passive income. You know, in addition to a job you might have from nine to five, what talent do you think you could use to create passive income? What, what's passive income? Well, it's kind of like a, a, a second job that works for you rather than you working for it. So, you know, Johnny, you're so good at taking pictures. You could take pictures, set up your own Instagram account, and then deposit those pictures to a stock photo place like deposit um, photos, and then sit back as people purchase them and you get a royalty. Yeah. And having the discussion right now, getting that seed planted so that they think about that, it'll definitely pay off in the future. Yeah. I love it. All right, Susan, how can we find you and follow you and support you? Listeners can follow me at my blog, which is susanbeecham.com, but they can also find Money Savvy Generations award-winning products and some free resources at moneysavvy.com. All right, this was a long one today, but it was fun. Uh, if you have any questions that you want us to uh, address in our No Dumb Questions segment, always reach out. If you have a guest you want me to try to get on the show, or if you need help talking to the kids about money, reach out to me anytime. Don't forget to click subscribe and uh, give us a, a rating and a review. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.